Well, you know, in this life, we laugh. We laugh for different reasons. Sometimes we laugh because we're embarrassed, and so it's just uh, sort of a nervous reaction. Sometimes we hear a joke, we hear a funny story, and we laugh about that. Sometimes, and I've been guilty of this myself sometimes, we laugh to cover our, our sadness. We're really not so happy underneath, but still we laugh. There was a man who woke up one morning and his in his bed was a puddle of water right in the middle of his king-sized water bed when he woke. And so in order to fix the hole in the water bed, he drained it, took it outside, set it on the lawn, and filled it again so he could figure out where the leak was coming from. And when he did it, as it got fuller and fuller, he lost control of it and it rolled down the hill. And as it was rolling down the hill of his yard, he tried to hold it back, but it went down and it landed in some bushes. And when it hit those bushes, it poked and full of all kinds of holes. And so there were lots of holes in there now. He was frustrated, and so he threw the waterbed out, and he went out and bought a new regular bed with just a regular mattress on it. Well, the next morning when he woke up, there was a puddle of water on his new bed. What had happened was the upstairs bathroom had a leaky drain and the water wasn't coming from the bed at all. What do you do at times like this? Five years from now, it's funny. But when it's happening, it's not so awfully funny. There are all kinds of reasons that we laugh. In fact, there's a man in the Bible who got his name. Did you know that? He got his name because his mom laughed at a very inappropriate time. Our story begins one hot summer afternoon. This is the story that Lauren just read for us. The temperature's above 100 degrees. The only relief that's available is shade trees. And it was too hot to do much of anything, never mind travel. We've had days like that this summer. Pretty recently, in fact. And that's why Abraham was really surprised to see these three visitors coming toward him. It was like they had appeared out of nowhere. He didn't know where they came from. And when he saw them coming, he jumped up and he ran out to greet them. And he bowed down and welcomed them to his home. In those times, hospitality was very important to people in the Middle East. It was almost sacred. Kindness and hospitality was given to any traveler who was passing by. And Abraham invited, as you should in those days, the travelers to come in and stay with him. And he and his wife, Sarah, would take care of them. And they would do all they could to take care of their guests. Well, this brings us to the first thing to be said this morning. God has a plan. God has a plan for this church. God had a plan for Abraham. He had a plan for his family. He called him to leave his father to become father of a new nation. God promised him that he would have as many descendants as there are stars in the sky. That's a lot of descendants. We're them. There was only one problem. How was he going to have all these descendants 
when he and his wife Sarah had had no children. Abraham was an old man. He was 99 years old. Almost as old as Bill Bender. His best years were behind him, and his wife was also well past childbearing years. How could it be that he and Sarah would have a child? Just pause for a warning, though. Every time you wear a bear shirt at church, yeah, something like that. Can a child be born to a man who's 99? In a hundred by the time the child is born, Abraham asked God. In fact, it seemed pretty absurd. It seemed so absurd that he fell to the ground laughing. What God promised him seemed like it was just impossible. There was no way this was going to be done. Couples well into their 90s do not have children. But the Bible tells us that God calls us and he is able to use people no matter what their age. We're never too old to be used of God. We're also never too young. That's why I think children are so important. Charles Perrault was a reporter who traveled across the United States and as he did, he met lots of interesting people. He told about an old man that he met in Kansas. He said, quote, we never thought his name, but this old man was a pilot. Charles and his crew, he says, were doing a story about an artist who created an 80-acre piece of artwork in his field. And the only way you could see it, really, was from a plane. And so he and his photographer spotted an old Piper Cub airplane sitting in a barnyard. They went up to the farm and they asked the farmer if he could fly them up above so they could look down at this work of art and take uh, some footage of it. And he said, sure, I'll take you up. We need to take the door off, though, he said, so I can take pictures and run some film. And he said, sure, that's fine. So they're at 2,000 feet flying above this field. And then he asked the old pilot, he said, how long ago did you get your ticket? He said, my ticket? What are you talking about? He said, well, your, your pilot's license. How long have you had a pilot's license? Well, the farmer said, I don't, I don't have a pilot's license. I just found this thing wrecked out in the field, and I patched it up, and I taught myself how to fly it. How would you like to be up in the plane for that? It's never too late to learn, to grow, to have new experiences. We're never too old. We're never too young. We don't know what tomorrow may bring, that's for sure. But we know that God has a plan for us. And we also know that God has a plan for our church. And what is the church? Church is us. People. He even agrees, see? That's the first thing we need to see. God has a plan. Secondly, is that with God, all things are possible. The three unexpected visitors confirmed what God had told Abraham earlier, he and Sarah would become parents in their old age. Sarah was in the tent listening in while this conversation was going on, and she heard every word. And guess what? She had the exact same reaction that her husband did. She laughed. 
her and Abraham were about to learn a lesson, and that is that nothing is impossible with God. God had a plan for them, just like he has a plan for us. And then here's the last thing. That is that God always, always keeps his promises. Sarah laughed when she was told that she would become pregnant. But God said, is anything too hard for the Lord? And next spring, guess what happened? Isaac was born. The Lord did for Sarah, as he had promised. A lady named Melia Garber tells a, tells a story about a Bible that she received as a gift from her husband. She shared the Bible with her son, whose name was Doug. She said, Doug and I read that Bible together for years. And together, we went through it, and we, we underlined all the promises that God made. A few years later, she got another Bible, and gladly gave that Bible, that first Bible, to her son. Well, years passed, and Doug had a son. He got married, he had three sons, actually. And one day, his house burned to the ground. They lost everything. And for a week, neighbors, family, and friends were trying to help them whatever way they could. They were getting together clothes and money and food and all the things that you need when you've lost it all. And of course, many prayers. Then one day, Doug's wife visited her mother-in-law. And smiling, she said, look what I found in the ashes. It was the old Bible. It was soaking wet. Its leather cover was shriveled and brittle, but all the pages were still intact. Amelia began to dry it off, first with a towel, then she let her air dry. When her son came home that night, she handed him their Bible, saying, open it up. Just let it fall open. The Bible opened and Doug read a verse that they had underlined many years ago together when he was a child. And this is the verse. Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. You see, God keeps God's promises. Isaac was born. Isaac's name means laughter. This son would always remind his mother and father of their disbelief when God made them promise and of God's faithfulness. God can be trusted. In Romans chapter 4, Paul praises Abraham for his faith. But if we ask Abraham, I think that Abraham would not agree that it was his faith. Abraham would be more inclined to praise God because God was faithful and kept his promise. Once there was a child prodigy whose name was Anna Maria Trinchy. Anna began studying the Bible at the young age of two. She gave her first piano recital in Buenos Aires at the age of four. She toured many countries. By the time she was 18 years old, she had performed recitals, solo, and with the orchestras throughout South America, Europe, Africa, and Asia. At the age of 23, she was a full professor for graduate piano students at Kunitachi University in Tokyo. 
and then tragedy struck. The gifted, world-renowned concert pianist was almost killed in an automobile accident. The doctors were honest. The damage to her brain was very extensive. They told her that she would never play the piano again. She said that for years to come, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't remember how to do anything that I used to do. My recovery was very, very long. The doctors removed 15 blood clots from my brain. I couldn't pick up a plate. I lost my coordination. During her years of recovery, her mother told her over and over again, what we are is God's gift to us. What we become is our gift to God. God doesn't make mistakes, her mother said. Anna began to believe in herself once again. I could imagine myself playing at Carnegie Hall, she said. In her imagination, she saw the people giving her a standing ovation. After a long 16 years of recovery, she was finally able to walk onto the stage of Carnegie Hall. She said, I was terrified. I sat down and I prayed. I asked God to help me. And Anna Marie played the piano for two hours. I was totally immersed in music, she said. When she finished her last piece of music, she turned to face the audience. 2,000 people were clapping, giving her a standing ovation. She said, for a second, I wasn't really sure this was happening. It was exactly like my daydreams. When I realized it was real, I broke down and cried on the stage. And as I took my bottle, I said to myself, God, this is my gift to you. Since then, she's given many more concerts at Carnegie Hall. She's also played for government leaders and dignitaries all around the world. Not bad for a woman who was told that she would never even play the piano ever again. God said to Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? The answer, of course, is a loud no. God keeps promises, sound promises. Some promises of God that we read in the scripture, Jesus tells us that his disciples, or he tells his disciples, I should say, in, and I've lost my place, in John 14, that he'll be leaving them soon, but he will not leave them alone. He promises to send them an advocate, the Holy Spirit, to live in their hearts and to give them understanding and direction. In Philippians 4, we read, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Not your wants, but your needs. That was my little add-in. In Romans chapter 4, we see the promise of eternal life by faith, by grace, not by anything we do, not by works. It's completely guaranteed to each of us. The Lord is faithful always and loving toward all that he has created. Psalm 145, verse 13. Isn't it wonderful to know? Isn't it enough to make you want to laugh out loud with joy? In these days, when people say, it's ridiculous to think that you're going to keep a church going in this day and age. Why millennialists don't 
care about church. They don't care about any kind of organized religion. So the church is doomed. It's going to die. Well, the scriptures that I read say quite contrary. They say, and I quote, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And I believe those words. I also don't believe, I believe that people today are not attracted to organizations, that our young people are not interested in organized religion, as it were. And so we find and we look for new ways to communicate and to connect with our young people in our communities and throughout our, our, our nation. And it's very possible. I believe that just like God said to Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a child. And they laughed. And today, when we say that our church and others like us, and I don't mean like us being the same denomination, I mean other churches who follow Jesus, believe that God's promises are God's promises and that they will be fulfilled. Those are the words that I trust. Not the words of people who predict or the words of people who think they have it all figured out. We live in a new world. Things are different. The church may look different in years to come and most likely will in order to reach folks who aren't interested in the way it used to be. And that's okay. It's always okay. Because change is constant. And change is important. And change is needed. As long as we're careful that we keep our focus on the head of our church. As I've said many, many times from not this pulpit, but from the pulpit in Peru. As long as we keep our eyes focused on the one who is the head of this church, not me, not our council, or any of our leaders, but Jesus. As long as we keep our eyes upon him and we are sensitive and listen to, we first of all pray. And don't forget prayer. It's a really important part of all of this, folks. We pray and ask for wisdom and for God to lead us. Then we follow. We follow how the Holy Spirit leads us to do. We will see promises that God made us kept, just like they were kept for Abraham and so many, many more in the scriptures for such a long time. Amen.